It's Pat and JT. Instagram. Ooh, I'm leaning over with my microphone stand. I feel like I feel like share, like tilting the little stand oh, over. Oh wow. Nobody can see that. I just that was enjoyable. Um it's Pat and JT, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or texting at 402-403-9478. Good deal. And psychic Andy on the show. Always love that. Good Hi, morning. Hey. Good morning. And we're How remote. We just so everybody knows we are remote. So you, you didn't come in today. And, and we've been doing construction work has been happening at our offices. Oh, good Lord. And so everybody's working from home, except Pat and I are both in the studio today. Um, walk, but when I pulled into the driveway or in the driveway, into the parking lot, there was like three cars here. Because yeah. it's so freaking loud. Even people on other floors, I guarantee, are working from home. It was so loud. They're doing the bathroom floor, and it's it's grindy and loud and choppy. All floors. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. So, regardless, thank you for jumping in. It's Candyman. And, no, uh, no, pleasure to be here. I'm glad I'm remote from home because, you know, uh, construction and the dust and every I'd be wearing a mask in you guys' building, not for COVID, but just because of the pollens and allergens and <laughs> dust yeah. in the air. It's true, too, because they completely have torn apart both bathrooms. So right now, oh, everything is destructed, and now it's time for constructing. So. Well, hey, you know what? You guys know what they say. If you really want to stir up some paranormal activity, do some renovating and some construction. Because whether it's Ooh, a, right. a building or a house, uh, the ghosties don't seem to like change very much. Right. So you go rearranging the layout of the place and uh, you're going to get some paranormal activity fired up. Interesting. Isn't that when yours kind of kicked up when you started doing your bathroom in your mm-hmm. house? That's when things got serious, I think, yeah. more so. Because that's when it was after that that I saw the scratch marks on the door. And the band aid that we found on the door. Um, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna grab the link to that and first that episode from a long time ago. So if mm-hmm. people haven't heard that story, it's nuts. It was like in our first two weeks of doing our show back in like 1918, whenever we did it. Yeah, I've still got the pictures around too. Yeah, so do I. So we'll, we'll see. That. Finding a band aid is gross under any circumstances, <laughs> uh, <laughs> paranormal or just you know in the sand on the playground. You know so when your gross. kids are playing, the random yeah. band aids are gross. It, it really is. It was it was stuck to the back of the door. And it was a little kid's Band-Aid, but it was up high, probably about five feet off the ground. That's not, in. that's not right. No. But yeah, no, regarding the renovations and the construction work, if I had, if I had my own construction company, which nobody wants to see that, <laughs> I can't, I can't build anything Myers construction. to save my life. But if I did, I would offer a free bundle of sage to the homeowners as I was renovating, you know, they could sage the place and, and yeah. hopefully prevent the inevitable paranormal activity. Interesting too, is I wonder about like, um, if any other psychics, people like yourself, uh, work with any any people who do uh, flip houses, not flipping so much as, but yeah, I guess flip houses because they go in and they sometimes gut them. That's a great idea. And start over, especially some of the older homes, just to see what kind of a, I guess really do do an investigation to a degree. Yeah. Well, this is going to set off a whole trend. You're going to have psychics loitering outside of construction <laughs> zones. Hey, do you need any services? Do you, want me to, do you want me to go in and see what's going on there? Yeah, right. Need a healing, need a cleansing, need some sage. Hold on just for a minute. Let me just take a look around before you do anything else. I want to- <laughs> you open up your trench coat and instead of watches, pocket watches, you got all different types of sage on display. All, all sense. <laughs> no, I think I think that'd be kind of interesting just to see. Because you, you do, you hear the stories and people have visitors in their home and you wondered is it with the home is it with the land was it with the person and and trying to discern what the connection is 
Well, and I think it could be A, B, or C, depending on the circumstances. I know some people have, uh, you know, par- paranormal activity flare up uh, because there's a particular presence that's following them around, regardless of where they live. In other mm-hmm. cases, there's a, you know, a earthbound entity that's more fixated on a particular location. You know, maybe grandpa built the house with his bare hands and lived there for 40 years and he doesn't want to leave. Mm-hmm. And in other cases, yeah, it could be the land because you, you, you've heard of these cases where people move into a brand spanking new house in a brand new neighborhood and from the get-go they have paranormal activity and it makes you wonder well you know was something on the land there to begin with you know was it a sacred native american uh you know cliche as it is is was it a sacred native american spot or you know what yeah. what passed through there in centuries centuries ago why can't i think of the, the movie um the Poltergeist with the pool. Thank you, because that yeah. was a brand new neighborhood, right? Yep, it was and they a, dug up the pool, and that yeah, and the bodies were floating. And the it was ter- remember after that? when all it, the, it was on just on a, like an Indian burial ground, I think, wasn't it? I think it was. I think it was. Yeah, that's exactly. Who knows what where was. bodies are buried from like the 17, 1800s? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that's true. Spe- speaking of pools, uh, a couple of years ago, I went out my my uh, gosh, what is it? My great aunt. So it's my uh, my deceased grandmother's sister. She is that right? Great aunt. That'd be correct. Okay, good job. So she yeah. lives in Missouri. Her and Vilma and Jim, they live in rural Missouri, and they were having all sorts of paranormal activity. So I go on out there, bringing the sage and the salt and all the, you know, all the tricks. And and <laughs> you know, I get to talking with Jim, and they're kind of down to earth, you know, salt of the earth kind of people. And I say, you know, is there anything on the land that that I should be aware of? He's, he's like, come to think of it, you know, right here where they, they lived in like a, a, a double wide trailer. Say. On this very spot, there used to be a motel uh, back in the 60s. It burned to the ground. And I said, are you kidding me? And he said, oh, yeah, right here below the living room is where the pool used to be of the... uh of the motel. I said, well, yeah, that'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) No kidding. It's crazy though. When you learn things like that and even more so, God, where was it? They had uh, an earthquake somewhere and I can't remember, but when, but when, when the dust settled, they realized that the, the city they were in, there was actually ruins underneath the city. Like the city was built on a city. Like they do like in Europe and Oh, Italy, I think there are several places like that as well where one city is built on top of another, basically. And you find out there's a whole underground world of where there were shops and there was all this excavation. Once they do it, they they find all this stuff down there that most people live there didn't even know that was going on. Well, yeah, and you could have spirits down there walking around, not even knowing they're dead, just, you know... (laughs) <laughs> on a Sunday afternoon stroll to buy some new stuff at the farmer's market. <laughs> even, uh, even Seattle, Seattle uh, it has an underground, Seattle underground. They, like there was a fire or something. The whole city was destroyed. They just rebuilt the city of Seattle on top of the old one. And now they do uh, underground ghost tours. Actually, I don't even know if there's a ghost tours per se, but I went on a regular tour in Seattle and I pulled the tour guide aside and I was like, you got a lot of paranormal activity down here, don't you? And she was like, she leaned in and kind of whispered like she wasn't supposed to say anything. And she was like, all the time, <laughs> all the time. Isn't that crazy? crazy? There's yeah. that TV show. Is it called Underworld? I think it's called this something Underworld, but it's, it, it, it's like seven or eight episodes. And each one is a city in the United States where there's a whole underground. I mean, there, there were, they built on top of another city. It's just, it's fascinating mm-hmm. it because fascinating. you're thinking at the time that it happened, um, how, how, whose idea was it and thinking, well, we'll just, we'll just build right on top of it and just go right, <laughs> you know, but then the people that live there have no idea that that's underneath their, their homes. No, no idea. Tunnels yeah. and, and everything. 
And I'm wondering how much money it would take uh, Pat Safford to go down there and stay the night. You know? um, there's a price for sure. It'd be high. <laughs> it'd be it'd be pretty high, but there is definitely a price. There's never not a price. <laughs> now, I saw on your Facebook page that you recently uh, did one of your favorite things, and, and it had to do with one of your favorite people that you've never met in person. Which- That's right. He's, he's a little furry. He's a little hairy. He doesn't shave much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was recently on, in vac- on vacation in Colorado. Uh, up near the Breckenridge area. Uh, I was up there with my sister Elizabeth and our good friend Anna. We went up there and we just had a cabin in the woods for a week, kind of at the base of a mountain. And we, yeah, we were looking for Bigfoot. Uh, not exclusively. We were doing other things. We, you know, we did some uh, touristy things and, you know, visited some coffee shops. But yeah, whenever we could, we were uh, kind of hiking through the woods on these trails. I got a trail cam and hooked it up to a tree. And isn't that exciting then, when you do that? You have a, either a trail cam or we had a, yeah. an outside camera for a couple for a while, and just getting up in the morning, anticipating to see the notifications and to see if anything was caught. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah, and, and you know, sometimes it's just all you'll catch is a feral cat licking its butt in your backyard. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. But it's yes. exciting because you caught it on your cam. Yeah, it's like oh right? my god, this is true. Actually, I do have a camera on my front yard, and I've been catching my neighbor's dogs pooping in my front yard oh what oh shoot yeah i have a lot of videos of the dog pooping in my front yard but no videos and of anybody never, cleaning it uh, up i was just gonna ask okay no follow-up so yeah mm. we had a little conversation and they're they're changing that but that's oh, yeah good. i was i was like kept getting these notifications i'm like oh my gosh <laughs> real-time pooping right there <laughs> right there real time yeah who would have thought you know 20 years ago that that's what technology allows us to do it we get a notification yeah. when our neighbor's dog poops in our yard <laughs> and we get a notification on this little device that we carry with us all day long yeah magic the, isn't it all the tech <laughs> all the money and that's what i'm looking at on my phone yep <laughs> great yep. I, uh, I i saw something online it was a funny little meme or gif or something and it was it was like going uh, back. It was a time traveler went back in time and talked to somebody from like a hundred years ago. And he was like, in a hundred years, we have this little tiny thing. It can fit in our pocket and it, it gives you access to all the infinite knowledge of human history right at the, right at the, at your fingertips. And the guy from a hundred years ago was like, Oh cool. What do you use it for? And the guy was like, well, mostly to watch funny videos of cats. <laughs> right? Just squandering that ability and that knowledge every day, every day. Right. Yep. Yeah. It's embarrassing. It really is. Yeah. It really is embarrassing. You never say, Oh my God, look, you never, I just researched on NASA.com. You're never going to guess. It's always, I saw this funny TikTok of this dog pooping in this lady's yard and he, she had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I should make that a TikTok. Right. You should. I should make that a TikTok. Seriously. <laughs> That would be funny. So, okay. So in the Sasquatch hunt, so you had, you did have the camera up there. Did you see something in that video? Cause I watched that video like 18 times trying to see if there was something in there. You know, I, we didn't really catch anything on the trail cam, uh, but I was showing my daughter Sky some footage. It was just video footage of me hiking on some of these trails. And she thought she saw something in the background moving. And I, I, and I, I noted, I did a double take and I saw what she saw, but it was just a kind of like a trick of light, uh, you know, off the reflection of the, the tree or something like that. But for a hot second, yeah, my heart was racing. Like we thought we caught a Bigfoot in the background mm. on accident, but no trail cams didn't catch anything. But I tell you up there, we were on some trails that were way off the beaten path and granted it was like negative five with the wind chill. Oh. It was cold. It was snowing. We were way high up. We're, I mean, I'm talking 10,000 feet Jeez. and you know, just to put that in perspective, you go to places like Jackson Hole, Wyoming and, and some of these other places that are in the mountains, that's only like 7,000 feet. So we were way, oh. way up there. Um, oh. And we were so far off the beaten path. It was kind of eerie. And my sister and Anna weren't really as, um, 
uh, adventurous as I was to get way, way back up there high up on the trail. So I went by myself and it is whisper quiet. There's not another soul. There's no foot tracks. There's no uh, footprints in the snow. It was just me. And it it did get really eerie because on one of these trails, way high up there, I did see uh, bear claw scratches on a tree. You know, six, seven feet up high makes me wonder if it was maybe a black bear. But, you know, I don't know if they're like a cat. They sharpen their claws on the Mm -hmm. tree. But I just ripped this tree, just shredded it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to keep my head on a swivel here. For sure. Oh, that would be pretty intense. That's really, that's really, I was going to ask you if you saw any wildlife at all, like birds up that high? Yeah, we saw, we saw moose, which, you know, we were, we saw moose and elk and we we also kind of uh, were watching our back, you know, because it's kind of spring and, you know, you got these mama, mama mooses protective over their uh, newborns. And so, yeah, we didn't, we didn't get in close proximity with any of them, thank goodness. But uh, we also saw uh, fresh in the mud uh, mountain lion tracks. Yeah. And I, I put my hand down next to it and took a picture for perspective. This this paw was damn near as big as my whole hand. Jeez. Massive tracks. Wow. Wow. So Yeah, you know, when you're cool. out there like that in the middle of nowhere, you know you're being tracked by something. Maybe not nefarious, like they're not hungry, not going to eat you, but they're watching you. They know you're there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're watching. And, mm-hmm. and you know, as ridiculous as this sounds, I was out there. Again, it was a different trail, totally by myself. Winds howling. Uh, it's just eerie and, and desolate. And and I'm I'm just I, I'm overcome with this, like, feeling that I'm being watched. And, you know, when mountain lions attack, you don't see them come and they come from behind and they get your they get the back of your neck. So I quickly <laughs> magic of technology. I'm out there in the middle of nowhere, but I still have a, a <laughs> I still have a, a a couple bars on my phone. So I quickly download a air uh, uh, air horn app. That's awesome. And so I'm walking out in the wilderness by myself, and every 30 seconds, I'm pressing this button. And I'm like, all right, this has got to scare off any cats or moose or anything like this. But I felt like a, I felt like an idiot. But I'm like, well, I'm going to be an idiot that lives. Yeah, I, I mean, right? Noise. Who cares right. what you look like as long as you're alive and not diced up? Well, you know, that was something they probably never heard before. So, <laughs> yeah, they're probably like, well, what? I, I might have irritated them. They're probably thinking, who's this guy making all this noise? Somebody eat him. Here it is. Oh, my God. I downloaded it. That was quick because you could... That took me. Oh, that just doesn't. I'm gonna have to. Can you Lord, stop it? I don't. If, if nothing will <laughs> annoy the bears to run away. That, but that took me 30 seconds to find it and download it. So it's do that. That's good. You never know. You yeah. could scare away a lot of things, not just wildlife. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. My God, that's great though. So no Sasquatch. Any other Sasquatch stories lately? Have you guys met any any other? Or are there any meetings coming up? I know Hastings has a big thing that they do every year. Yep. Hastings has a, uh, I think they call it the International Bigfoot Conference. I was uh, honored and humbled. Uh, they contacted me and asked me to be one of the one of the main speakers this year. That's uh, awesome. Fortunately, I had a scheduling conflict, so I had to turn that down, but I, I, I might go do that uh, next year. Um, but in terms of, you know, Bigfoots, man, Colorado, uh, where I was just at, yeah, notorious for Bigfoot uh, up there near Pikes Peak, uh, Breckenridge, actually just just south of where we were in Colorado Springs, they've had tons of Sasquatch sightings. And Colorado as a whole, uh, I'm talking official sightings, they've had 130 official sightings. What makes it an official sighting? Well, people who report it to the Bigfoot Field Research Organization, okay. it's like the National Council, uh, they have representatives in each state, and it's a whole process. I mean, you have to fill out some paperwork. You get interviewed. You go back out to the site. Oh, um, they, they, the interview details it on the website. Was this witness credible? Was it a class A, class B, class C sighting? You know, how intense mm-hmm. was it? 
but yeah, Colorado, 130 sightings. And, and I, I'm going to go on record and say that for every one Bigfoot sighting that's reported, there's probably two that aren't. Right. Because most people, I mean, you, you don't have much to gain by reporting this. That's if anything, well, you have about, a lot to lose. Yeah. Think about people with their alien sightings, right? Um, oh, yeah. Go back to the 50s and 60s, because that's kind of when things got started. And um, and I'm thinking about all the, all the documentation, and um, in particular... The one in Ashland that you were talking about that was the police officer, that yeah. he reported it and they had it documented. And then to have everything come out just a few years ago that they, they, they declassify all this paperwork, the federal government, come to find out, oh, these people aren't crazy. This, these are, these mm-hmm. are pilots that are talking about these sightings. These are, these are credible people that have seen things and everybody was taught to make fun of them, ignore them just dismiss them um, because they didn't want people believing it was true. And you think about what goes into that. And there's my conspiracy theory, because then I get my little tinfoil hat on about the ability to change the whole public's perception of people who were actually talking about stuff that was happening to them and making them feel like they were crazy. And now it comes out that it's all true. So you have to wonder the Sasquatch stuff. It's like, Okay, would there be any benefit, and why would they not want people to know about it? Because they claimed they they said they didn't want people to know about it because they couldn't handle it. Yeah. Right? But it seems like a lot of people can handle it. I mean, mm-hmm. according to recent polls, way more than 50% of the country believes in extraterrestrial life. The majority mm-hmm. of those people believe that we've already been visited by E.T. Yeah. And a portion of those people believe that they're walking around us in disguise every day. Yes. Um, so, you know, but yeah, it's tinfoil hat territory, but I, I think a lot of people, w- when it comes to subjects that make them uncomfortable, that's what they do. They chuckle, they laugh, they dismiss it. They try to discredit it because that's easier mm-hmm. than opening their mind to the possibility that things exist out there that we can't explain. And that was reinforced by the government and, yeah. and you're taught to trust the government. You know, they're of course here only to protect for, us, to protect right? us and take protect, care of us. Yeah. I just restarted watching, um, Oh, the the alien TV show that has the guy that has the wild hair. Um, <laughs> Ancient aliens. Yes. I just yeah. started rewatching from season one, episode one. And his, hair, his, hair, his hair starts small and then yes. each season it gets taller and bigger. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And crazier. And like you haven't brushed that in three seasons. Um, <laughs> but, but the first episode of it is like is maybe a movie length. Like it seems like it's longer than a regular episode that they became, but that's when they were talking about uh, that. Yes. I believe that aliens were here a long, long time ago because the technology that people had at that time, it's, it's inexplicable that they were able to build what they built. And then just, just after they supposedly discovered fire, um, (laughs) but they were building um, walls and pyramids and, and all these things. And it took so much skill to do that, but they had the tools somehow. Yeah, it's it's strange. I mean, even beyond the the pyramids, which we still can't explain how people of that time pulled that off. There's even more jaw dropping cases out there of monuments in places around the world where scientists are looking at 
at what was built. And they're like, this could not have been built without laser precision cuts. Yes. You know, and some of the rock, I, I believe the term is called vitrification. Like some of the rock that's been cut was so hot. I mean, you're talking either it got hit by a lightning bolt or it was cut by a laser because it does something to the composition of the rock. That was and it's like, OK, people 3000 years ago didn't have lasers. No way. No, well, yeah. they, they literally said that one of the walls, they were cut with such precision that the rock slid in together. They would they would fit together. And that rock, the only thing harder than I can't remember what the rock was made of it. It wasn't granite. It was something else, but diamonds. So diamonds. you would need diamond tipped and they would whatever have no clue. to do that, to be able to cut it. And they were cut absolutely perfect. Long, you know, it's just crazy. See, and I can't even put together a Star Wars Lego kit from Target. You right. know what I mean? There you go. It's like <laughs> in people 3,000 years ago are doing that. Yeah. I think they had help from above. Sure. I you do know. too. I do too. And then they looked at all the drawings in the ground and all that good stuff. There a lot of, a lot of time spent in South America. Um, yeah. on this one but they said that a lot of the areas that are there um, you have like all the elements all of the minerals you can find a lot of things in South America and maybe that's what drew people to that area but again pyramids all around the world and all built basically the same too Crazy. yeah it's it's interesting I mean it's so what know, do you guys think though like I get it that with different species of animals, frogs, whatever, snakes are discovered all the time. Mm -hmm. But how, why isn't there more evidence that Bigfoot, he's so he, she, whatever they, uh, is so (laughs) big that how they can't hide. They couldn't hide like they're hiding. Can they? I mean, do you really think that Bigfoot is there? First of all, I, I like your uh, your your pronouns there, Pat, because yeah, you just you just never know. Bigfoot, I've never I got on Bigfoot's Instagram and it didn't give the appropriate pronouns, so oh I'm just God. going there you with go. there. Wow. I dig it. Okay. No, um, I, <laughs> I've asked experts. Actually, a few years back, we went to a, to the Hastings Bigfoot Conference, and one of the speakers was one of the guys from Finding Bigfoot, Cliff Barockman. By the way, hell of a speaker, super nice guy, just all around, really great. Uh, speech that he gave but people from the audience were asking him the same thing where's the body you know where and he said uh, he made a good point that a lot of a lot of wild animals whether it's a bear a mountain lion Mm -hmm. um, if they're wounded and if they know that their time is near they will go hide somewhere to Mm -hmm. pass away kind of like cats will you know they'll kind of crawl up under a porch and you never see them again Mm -hmm. Um, but and then you know in the woods out in nature you have scavengers and just a matter of days they can pick apart any carcass and not only that, but the the reason I think that he said the reason that people don't generally even find bones of right. many creatures, there are insects that actually eat bone. It's a type of mite that can completely um, disappear mm-hmm. an entire carcass of bones within a matter of like a week because they eat the calcium from the bones. Mm-hmm. So you're talking there's nothing left. There's nothing oh, left. Uh, and I don't know. I mean, taking all that into account and there's other people as crazy as this sounds that suggest that maybe Bigfoots are so intelligent that there's almost like a spiritual component to them. Maybe they bury their dead much mm-hmm. like we do. To me, that you makes know, more sense than anything that there's more yeah. of a spiritual component mm-hmm. to the whole, whole Bigfoot deal. Kind of interesting, but you're right. Cause you, if you go hiking, if you go out into the woods, you very rarely come across a dead anything. <laughs> dead anything no you really don't very very because um, they're like you said the scavengers are going to take care of things first and foremost um well, but also generally they do go somewhere to die um mm-hmm. unless they were killed as a, by yeah. a predator and if a predator gets them they take them 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I believe at at the speak at the at the talk we were at the the conference, some of the experts were saying, you know, around the world, there's only a handful of of bear skeletons intact because they wow. get scattered. You just they're not common to come across. That's a that, good point. You don't. For the I very mean, same I reasons. Don't spend a lot of time in the forest, but you don't see people that do. Not not a lot of bear, not a lot of carcasses of anything. There, see, dead anything. Yeah, that's as yeah, I was saying. Right, that's right. That's, that's a very good point. You're right, especially <laughs> bears and those bigger ones. Yeah, so it's kind of amazing yeah. when people find a dinosaur. That's in because usually it's in a it's it, it's somewhere that it's been preserved, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So it's either in yeah. the ice or in a tar pit or something like that. But yeah. it's or they got buried by a volcano or something right. like that. That you you are to just thinking about the mass of the, the sheer number of animals from dinosaurs to now, you don't find very many that are intact. That's a really good point. No, I mean, if you're a scavenger coming across a carcass, that's like stumbling a, 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 upon a free Happy Meal. It's like, lucky day, hot, hot, di- hot damn, let me dig in. Hot damn. Found me a Happy Meal, Mom. But, I'm no, set. Colorado, yeah, Colorado, a lot of Bigfoot sightings, 130. I, I actually pulled up the BFRO website here, Bigfoot Field Research Organization. Awesome. It's kind of cool to look at how many sightings some of the states have been. Uh, California. 458 official Bigfoot sightings. Wow. Uh, you know, you got places like uh, Florida, 336. Uh, of course, down there, they call them skunk apes because they stink so bad. Yeah. I saw that yeah. on some some show, skunk <laughs> ape, yeah. Nebraska, Nebraska, we got to up our Bigfoot game in Nebraska. 15 official sightings. Oh, that's lame. It's probably because, didn't they say, um, and I can't remember her name, she was one of the speakers, she was one of the organizers, I think, initially of oh uh, the event. Um, uh, uh, Harriet, it's, it's kind of, I might've been, it was kind of a fun name. Um, yeah. but she it was the, Harriet. I think like it was he, Harriet. Oh, Harriet Feehan. Harriet Feehan. Is that maybe sounds familiar. And, I'm sorry and the, if I'm, no, I, I think you're on the right track. Um, but, but they're saying that, you know, for the most part in Nebraska, the best place that they would be is along the river. Right. Right. Because mm-hmm. yep. otherwise it's just wide open. Like a highway for them. So yep. you'd have to be somewhere where they can take cover. Along the river, because you get in the sand hills, there's nowhere to hide. Yeah, I mean, no, there's nowhere to hide. It, it would have to be <laughs> somewhere near the river, river or a tributary. And but there has been a couple of Bigfoot sightings in Douglas County. I think uh, 2008 there was a sighting. What? And it's kind of cool because if you go to the bfro.net, you I'm can click. It. You can click on the state. And then, like, for example, in Ohio, 318 sightings. You can click on each sighting and read the details of it and what the interviewers said and saw. And in some cases, there's, like, uh, photo evidence and prints and stuff like that. There is Douglas County. I see it. Douglas yeah. County won in 2005. And, 2005, okay. Uh, most recent and last posted, there was two in 2005. August and December. Interesting. Um, near the Missouri River. August 2005, they called it a Class A sighting. Yeah, and I'm not familiar with the classes. I think it has to do with, you know, did you see it a shadowy thing from afar in the dark, or did you see this thing up close yeah. in person during the day? Oh, it's you know, got I the whole story in there. That's fantastic. Oh, yeah. it's crazy. We, it says, we live near Omaha. I'm speaking on behalf of my mother. My mother first saw this thing when she was 10 years old. You have to understand the way the neighborhood we live is set up. The house my mom lived in when she was 10 is less than a quarter mile away from the house that she lives in today. And all the yards sort of connect. It's it's just like this whole story of what they saw and what her mom saw. That's really cool. That is cool. That's cool. I'll, link, I'll link to that in, our, yeah. in, the, in the show description because that's super interesting. And I went to the Hastings 
um, conference, and then it linked me also to the Bigfoot Crossroads of America, Nebraska Bigfoot Crossroads of America, the Bigfoot Museum, mm-hmm. which has several displays, they said, and there's also, it says there's information about the Patterson-Gimlin film, which was filmed in Bluff Creek, California, 1967. There are life-size Bigfoot statues, um, and the Fantasy Forest Gardens are currently under construction. They probably just opened now because they were supposed to open 2020. So I imagine yeah, the, COVID put us. The museum to that. is actually, and again, it's the it's the nice, sweet lady who's organizing the Bigfoot conference. I met her; she's a sweetheart. But the museum, she opened it, and it's almost like an attachment to her house. It's almost like it's attached to her house, and she just gives tours when pe- people show up. Um, she's <sighs> she's awesome. But speaking of the Patterson Gimlin film, like anybody, any even if you're not a Bigfoot enthusiast, you know what video I'm talking about. It's the famous grainy, kind of shaky black and white footage of the Bigfoot walking across the dry creek bed in california from 1967 i believe it was and on my shelf i'm looking at it right now here in my man cave i have a cast of a bigfoot and on the back i have the signature of bob gimlin who is one of the two guys who were there who's who sighted who saw the that that creature really Um, so yeah he's a he's a he's a nice guy he was also at the hastings bigfoot conference and oh my god nicest guy in the world he's got to be pushing 80 now but he's shaking hands and kissing babies and he's just (laughs) comes in with his big old cowboy hat he's kind of a rock star and i'm like oh i'm like i'm like fanboying i'm like oh can i please (laughs) sign my foot sign my my bigfoot print yeah so it's up on my shelf right now that's super cool that is yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Oh my God. So when is when is this uh, conference usually? Do you know when it Gosh, typically I, is? I'm trying I to find that real sure. quick. Let me see if I can find Nebraska Bigfoot Conference Museum. I think typically it's in the spring. Harriet um, McFeely. Harriet, Harriet McFeely. McFeely. That's it. April 22nd and 23rd. Um, Nebraska's. Oh no. This looks like this is a book that's coming out. What? The conference? Yeah. April 22nd and 23rd. Just for the just for the Nebraska Bigfoot Conference. Purchase with pickup at the Nebraska Bigfoot Conference, April 22nd and 23rd. Ooh, right around the corner. Yeah. So very timely. Yeah. Well, on April 22nd, I'm actually doing something quite a bit different uh, than than Bigfoot. I, I, I'm i teaching a presentation called Single and Soul Searching here in Omaha. Way okay, different. So do oh, I need to sign different. up for this? What I do know. I need to do? Wait, hold on. What? <laughs> Unless I throw on a Bigfoot outfit to teach this class. I don't know if that would be well received. Um No, but April 22nd, tickets are available right now on my website. It's called Single and Soul Searching. It's geared towards people who are uh, trying to overcome baggage and trauma and bad relationships from the past, trying to get themselves emotionally, mentally, spiritually ready to move forward and find the love that they deserve. And, Mm -hmm. you know, in with the psychic sessions that I do, there's a lot of life coaching. Most of my clients good number of my clients, I should say, are kind of in that, you know, they're in transition. They're they're just coming out of a bad relationship or they're wanting to get ready for a good relationship. And so um, I finally decided I should compile, um, you know, the best, the best advice I've been giving my clients over the years and teach a presentation for everyone. And, uh, you know, I don't claim to be a, a love guru, but I, I think the class will be well received. And, Uh, you know, a lot of people could benefit from it. There are a lot of people out there who are looking to find their soulmate or a compatible partner. So Mm -hmm. yeah, April 22nd uh, tickets are on andymyersonline.com. Very good. Fantastic, Andy. Thanks so much for stopping by. 
Thanks for, Thanks waiting for talking for Bigfoot us. with me. This yeah, is, I love uh, this. Me, you didn't have to twist her arm very far. No. Yeah. <laughs> we may have to do this again. <laughs> awesome. Count okay. me in. Count me in. You guys have a good rest of the day, okay? You too, Fantastic. buddy. Fantastic. Thank you. Uh, now, if you're planning on, uh, and Andy, this can apply to you too, if you're planning on a trip maybe to go scouting for some big feet, foots, feet, whatever, <laughs> a trip with your family, start a savings account at Centrus Federal Credit <laughs> Union and just, you can label it Bigfoot Trip Account, big, whatever, big Bigfoot Trip Fund. Absolutely. That could be the name of your account. Or you take money against, again, maybe, maybe it's not the best idea idea to take money from your house um the home equity loan home equity. <laughs> well that'd be a good let's put it this way if you're thinking about that maybe you do need to talk to one of their bankers maybe that's a good point yes if that is a, a thought in your head go to centrusfcu.org and maybe mm-hmm. they can steer you a different direction they will take good care of you yeah, they, they, they might they might have a better solution so you can still do your big footing Mm-hmm. but still have the equity your in your home. Big footing. <laughs> yeah, and just do all your research online. Don't call them at 402-334-7000 if you're telling them you're going to go on a Bigfoot trip. Just do all your search on uh, There you go. Uh, so thanks to Centris. Thanks, Andy. And you can go in the show notes. All the links we talked about are there. Um, you can find us on any podcast platform. Thanks for listening to our show. Pat and JT Podcast. Huda Media Production.